Kiora Pinakoto no mai hairamai. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Walk in the Shadowlands podcast. Join me as we take a walk into the realms of the unexplained, of the paranormal, of things that go bump in the night and haunt your dreams. Your hosts. I'm Marianne. Thanks so much for joining me. Today, tonight, whatever time it is, wherever you live in this beautiful world of ours, sit back and relax. Let me be your guide as we walk into the Shadowlands together and see what awaits us there. Welcome to a chilling episode of the Walk in the Shadowlands podcast. It's so great to have you here today. If this is your first time listening, a special welcome, and we're glad you chose to join us. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for your support. In an ordinary suburban house near Toronto lies a terrifying tale of the unknown. Today, we step into a world where whispers from beyond and unexplained apparitions turn an innocent family's dream into a haunting nightmare. Get ready to experience the supernatural firsthand as we delve into the eerie encounters that forever changed the life of my guest and her family. Brace yourselves for the hair-raising story of the Mississauga poltergeist. Let's walk into the Shadowlands together and see what awaits us there. My guest, Sonia Lee, is an expert in the world of the paranormal. She has experience dealing with the spiritual realm, which helped her to have an in-depth knowledge of the supernatural. She is also a musician, makeup artist, and content creator on TikTok with 60,000 followers. In addition to discussing paranormal activity and her experiences, she shares stories and tips for those who are also interested in the weird and scary. As a side project, she makes short horror films based on her experiences and posts them on her YouTube channel. She also visits haunted locations and talks about their history. She continues sharing her knowledge and love for the paranormal to those who are brave enough to listen. My guest, Sonia Lee. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me today and to share your experiences that you had. Now, I came across you on TikTok and you turned up on my feed and I was absolutely fascinated by your experiences growing up, well, not growing up, for the time you spent in haunted house where you had poltergeist activity, is that correct? Yeah, poltergeist and some, I believe, demonic behavior as well. Right. It, it was very, very scary. It was, can you tell us, how did you come to live in this particular home? And were you aware of its history or reputation before your family moved in? 
So how I moved into the house was that wanted to move out from where we used to live, which was in a different city. And I just didn't like it there. Just nothing really of it. It just was boring. And so my parents are, okay, let's move closer to Toronto. So there's a city called Mississauga that is close to Toronto. So we ended up moving there just because we had a, a, his brother lived there in that town. So we're like, all right, let's go live there. And we were looking at houses and something about that house just didn't feel right to me. But I was 10, 11, 12. And my dad, obviously, I was not going to listen to a, a child's feeling about a house. So I was just like, I don't like it. He just thought it was because I just don't want to move there. And I wanted to move back to Toronto. But my mom, she just listened to what my dad said. And we ended up moving into the house. I remember seeing the family sitting in the backyard. But when we were looking at the house as potential buyers, and they were just sitting in the back giggling or something like that. And I just thought that was strange. And as we were looking around the house, there was crucifixes everywhere on every single doorknob hanging. It was on the walls. And I was just, oh, maybe they're just really religious. Because, again, I'm just a kid and I didn't think anything of a supernatural paranormal aspect about it. I was just like, oh, they're just religious people, you know, because we have things at home for my religion around the house. So I didn't think anything of that of importance. So we move in and obviously we're not Christian or Catholics. My parents took away the crucifixes and put them in the garage for now. Or they got rid of them. I'm not sure. But they probably did get rid of them. At, and it'll explain why what happened after they got rid of them. We're moving. We moved into the house. Crucifixes are gone. And then all of a sudden, maybe a month into the house, things started to get a little weird. I've heard whispers, people talking. And it really started when I was in the kitchen. I made a TikTok about my experience. And with the picture of the actual kitchen, I was standing there and a man literally just w said in the dark, deep voice, hi. And I dropped everything that was in my hands and I ran to the stairs and I, I felt like something was stomping behind me really hard. And I thought I was in a movie. I was like, this is crazy. I legit thought someone was outside the window saying that. I looked out the window as I was running. No one was there. And it was some pitch black shadow behind me as I turned back. I ran upstairs. It felt like this weight was pulling me back as I was trying to grab onto the railings, pull myself up. And my mom was upstairs and I started yelling for my mom. And she's looking at me like, what's going on? And I'm hyperventilating, telling her some man said hi to me. And well, this thing, I, he's not there. It's like a ghost, something. And it was just, and then from there, it just snowballed into even more terrifying things. Yeah. Right. So you were 11 at this stage when this first experience occurred. Mm -hmm. I was the first person to experience it. And then my sister started to notice things too. And it was just me and her. Oh, okay. Well, that's what, that was going to be my next question. How many of um, you were in the family? So there's you, your sister, your mum, and your dad. Yeah, and my brother, but he was a baby. But what's strange is that when my brother was in my mom's lap in her room, he'd look up at the ceiling as if someone was talking to him, and he's looking and laughing, giggling like someone is talking to him. And my mom, we're all looking up like, who's he looking at? What is, what's going on? And then the closet door in her room, the walk-in closet door, all of a sudden would just slam shut. And my mom jokingly was, oh, it's a ghost, spooky. But it was a ghost because there's no wind tunnels. The windows are closed. The heat's on. How is, how's the door just closing? And there's an attic in that walk-in closet that we never touched. Oh, wow. So, and it was just really, really creepy in my mom's room. I can't believe looking back now, 
seeing a door slam shut and not thinking much of it. We're just kind of brushed it off as, oh, the wind. Right. In horror movies, they freak out. But in reality, when something like that happens, you don't think immediately of the ghost. You're thinking of every rational explanation and then brushing it off. Right, of course. And it's not like your house that you moved into was an old house either. It was no. a fairly modern new house. It was a duplex, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Right. It was a big old house. I don't think it was that old, but I will say that it was in a city called Mississauga that has a lot of indigenous people there and history there. So I wouldn't doubt that there was something of indigenous background spiritually and paranormally there for sure. Right. I remember when I was looking at your videos that you did talk about, I believe at one time about how Indians were made to go to that area. The government yes. forced them to that area. So obviously it was an area where there's a lot of sadness and a lot of pain still yeah. in, in the land. That's the feeling that I get anyway. Now, you lived in this house for two years, is that correct? Yes, yes. Does your rich? Yes, two years. Two years. And so your first experience was hearing this male voice in your ear as a child which would have been horrendously scary for anybody, especially yeah. when you know that there's not a male there. Scarier is that I'm, I was short. I'm a short person. So whatever the thing was, it was very tall. And I remember hearing a footstep coming down towards my ear and saying, like that, like coming down. I will also mention that the house was owned by a priest. So that is what was really, and I only found this out maybe two months ago. So this is new information my dad randomly was like, oh, yeah, it was uh, owned by a priest. I mean, you tell me this like 10, 15 years later. Right. I'm so obs I was like, this is such crucial information that I wish I knew when we were moving in. But he's just, I didn't think we're doing it. He's not, he's like a skeptic, even though he has ghost stories. Awesome, because your cultural background, your family's from Pakistan, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So how did the thought that your house might be haunted, how did that play in with your cultural beliefs? So things started to get really scary in months in moving to the house. And I kept telling my mom, mom, we, something's going on and I don't feel right living here. And she started to get a little scared. She didn't believe me because she didn't see anything. Right. But also she was doing things to kind of help me out because she started to so there's holy water that you bless over and then you start splashing it in the corners of the house. And I think that's also a, a Christian thing, I'm sure, or a indigenous thing or whatever spiritual or cultural religious thing. People do that. Uh, it's a common thing for sure. So my mom did the Muslim version, Islamic version of throwing the holy water to all corners of the house. And as she did that, we prayed in the house and things would calm down maybe for the week. For a few days and then it would come back with force and vengeance and I remember the walls leaking some kind of pink substance and I didn't know what that was I thought it was like you know how people when they smoke in a house and then you see like the yeah, yeah so I thought it was something like that right. and then I looked later years later watched some paranormal show where the walls are leaking this pink substance and they ended up testing it at some testing, like testing to see what's in it. What is the substance? And it had like blood, like hemoglobin or whatever in it. And it had traces of blood and mixed with white blood cells. It was like 
ectoplasm or something. So I was just, you know, like all these things I find out later. But when I was in that situation, I was, what is this? And I'm like, Hi. right. Yeah. I can personally say that I've actually seen that once in a house that I once went to. It's the only time in all my years that I've actually seen that. And it was, yeah, really, really strange. Yeah. Perhaps if we go chronologically over the events that happened, it started first with a man whispering in your ear, and then then how did it progress from there? I think it started with things that were, I was hearing whispers and voices as if there was a dinner party going on or a bunch of people were at my house, but I didn't know what they were saying. Right. But I remember waking up and my sister running to my room at like three in the morning and she's telling you, wake up and what, 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 what? And she's like, listen, and it's like a bunch of people talking as if they're in our room, but I can't see them or they're downstairs, but they're in the room. It was like around us. And my sister said, what is that? I'm like, I don't know. And I remember her curtains were blowing and the curtains were flying. And I remember my aunt coming over and I feel that triggered something in the house where she has schizophrenia and some mental health issues and depression and things like that. So I didn't know this until later, but I know that these things like to feed on vulnerable, mentally unstable people and weak people. And so I only knew that a little bit because I watched a lot of paranormal shows when I lived at that house. And so coming over was just like the cherry on top to the whole experience because the whole time she stayed in my room and she just stayed in bed the whole time. And it was very strange because I would come upstairs and, hey, you want to go out to dinner or something? She's like, no. And she'd just look into space. And I was like, that is very strange. And I remember she ended up leaving that night. And my sister was ended up falling asleep a few hours before my aunt left. So my sister didn't know my aunt left. She thought she was still staying over at her house. And my aunt ended up leaving that night. And then the next night, my sister wakes up and saw my aunt sitting on my bed. And that night when my aunt left, I was talking to my mom saying, well, she's acting really weird. And my mom ended up calling the witch doctor from Pakistan, asking him what's going on. She gave little information, but he already knew someone had done black magic to my aunt back home because this person was jealous that she married her husband or something. Like there was some jealousy involved. And so she did that. And my aunt started seeing, hearing things and if you really want to hear the specifics of it, I never said it out loud in my TikToks, but someone back home took went to a graveyard and took the dirt from the graveyard and put filthy things like period Wild. blood and bells and herbs and things and goat's blood and buried it in the cemetery and uh, put fire and stuff. And my aunt was having like burn marks on her face as if someone lit a match on her face. And it was just very, very scary. I didn't go into specifics on TikTok on purpose because I didn't want that kind of energy. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, it was pretty scary knowing the, this information. And so my sister ended up seeing her in my bed the next day, even though my aunt had left the night before. And my sister didn't think much of it because she, she thought she was here. And she went down schools. And then I woke up. I didn't sleep in that room that night because I was so spooked from what the witch doctor said. So I didn't sleep in my bed that night. And so I woke up. And my sister was already downstairs and I was telling her about my aunt and what was happening, what, what we talked to last night. And she's like, oh, where is she? I, I think she was upstairs. Wasn't she? Is she uh, with mom now in her room? I'm like, no, she went home last night. And I remember her face turned white and she's like, what are you talking about? 
I'm like, she went home last night. Someone did black magic to her. And, and all this information, I was kind of verbal vomiting everything <laughs> that I can I'm telling her everything. She's like, Sonia, I saw her on your bed this morning. And we both were so scared that we ran to my mom first and told her like a quick, and she was asleep because this is still early in the morning. And we woke her up and all three of us, like an episode of Scooby-Doo, we all went through the door <laughs> and we opened it. And the bed was already made the night before when my aunt left. So then the bed sheets were as if someone had been sitting there and the blanket was moved as if someone was sitting there previously. And so that was really scary. But my dad, being my dad, was like, I don't believe in this. You're sleeping in your bed tonight. So I ended up having to sleep in that bed where whatever that thing was was sitting in that bed. I had to lay in it and sleep in it. And I was lying in bed trying to sleep and I was terrified. I felt like there was a bunch of people watching me. I'm in bed. There was people in my room staring at me. And I'm facing the wall and I felt like a bunch, like it was behind. And I'm staring at the wall. And I just felt someone was just looking at me like this behind me. And I started to say a prayer because my dad's like, when in doubt, just pray it out, you know? And so I started saying prayer. And as I'm saying the prayer, I'm hearing from underneath my bed and I'm, it's cutting me off. I'm praying, I'm saying the prayer and I'd say it and then it'd be like scaring me to stop and getting mad. And I stopped halfway when you shouldn't stop. And I stopped and I'm frozen. I'm frozen. And my bed started to do this. Oh, it's that right, right, right. Yeah. My bed started to shake and my lights started to flicker and I'm still hearing and I'm so scared to even speak or turn around. And I'm, it took me like, I don't know, a minute or two. I called my sister's name. I'm like, Roxar. And my sister's, I was like, Roxar. And I yelled, really. And I got the courage and I yelled her name. She's like, what? She ran to my room. She saw the bed or the lights flickering. I jumped off the bed and I ran straight to her room. And I slept in her room since we moved out. I, I only went to that room to get clothes to go to school. I didn't touch that room after that. Wow, um, that would be that would have been absolutely terrifying, absolutely terrifying for a little child to deal with. I mean, for anybody to deal with, but especially a little child. And it seems to me like for some reason you were being targeted. Yes, yes, one thousand percent. I don't know why, but I, I felt like I'm very sensitive, or I just I've experienced this growing up and seeing it and I've always been susceptible to it. I don't know why it picked on me, but I have a feeling it was because there was some kind of weak vulnerability in my life that time because I was getting very badly bullied at school right. uh, for being weird and stuff. And so I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to go at, go home. So I was kind of like, I don't want to be home. I don't want to be at school. I don't know what to do. I was being bullied at school and I'm being haunted at home. I remember getting off the bus and every kid got off the bus at the same stop as me, walked the other way because they all live on that side of the street at the end. And I lived at the end of the street on the other end next to a creepy dark forest. And I lived there. And I do think there was something to do with the forest around my house that is related or associated with my house or the houses in that area. I do believe my house wasn't the only one that was haunted in that area. But I will say that I remember going home after school and every day after school I had to be home alone because my mom would take my brother and go pick up my sister because her school was a little bit farther so I remember after school I'd have a key on my backpack and I was a little kid 
and I'd get off the bus and I'd walk home and I was scared to go inside. I remember going inside the house one day around the, the few weeks we moved in and I remember going in the house and my mom wasn't home. Automatically, I turned on the TV because I didn't want to hear silence when I'm in there. Right. And I was a little spooked of being home alone. And so I turned on the TV and my mom's car is not in the driveway, but I didn't know that at the time. I just walked in and uh, I heard footsteps upstairs. And then I was like, mom? And I, I went up the stairs and I'm like, mom? I thought she was home. And I hear footsteps still. And I go downstairs and, okay, there must be like a burglar in the house. So I grab a knife and I walk around the house like, mom, or who's there? And the TV is still playing and the footsteps are not from the TV. It was coming from upstairs. I heard it clearly, like big boot. And I remember I looked out into the driveway and my mom's not there. And I got really scared because I was, okay, if my mom's not in the driveway, she's not home. I checked her room and everything and I went downstairs and then I heard footsteps still. I'm like, someone's in the house. I remember my mom ended up coming into the house maybe five, ten minutes later and she's like, what's going on? And I'm walking around with a knife. Someone's in the house. I said that. And we all looked around the house. There was no one. And that was, that kind of scared me a lot from going home after school. I remember another day, like the next day, I got off the bus. My mom's not there. Car's not there. And I have to go inside again. Every day, this was the thing I had to battle and fight myself. Like, do I go inside? Yeah. I remember I ended up sitting on the driveway because I was walking up to the house. I'm mustering up the courage to go into the house. And there's a curtain in front of the, like, there's a big window and there's a curtain hanging. And I saw the curtain peek as if someone was looking. And then it closed. There was no face. It was just the curtain moving. Like someone's hand went like this and peeked, closed it. And I saw that. And I was, no, I walked back and I sat on my backpack on the driveway till my mom came. And it was raining outside. I didn't care. I sat in the driveway waiting till my mom came. Oh, wow. And this was in Canada. So like it was really cold as well. Yeah. I would sit in the driveway every day till my mom came home. Because uh, I did not want to sit even on the stairs in front of my house. I can understand that. That's really terrifying for a little kid. So... You must have been constantly stressed and constantly yes. anxious, anxious and you obviously felt threatened for your safety as well, even though perhaps you may not have had the words to put it in at that age. What a horrible state of being. So did this being start to affect the other family members as well? Yeah, I... It started to affect my sister, as I mentioned before, when she started to hear the voices around the house. But uh, it started to affect her physically because I remember I was playing with my cousin and we were in my mom's room upstairs and my, my sister was showering. And all of a sudden, the lights turned off in my sister while my sister was showering. And she thought it was me and my cousin doing it on purpose to scare her. Right. But the lights turned off and the door slammed. And she's like, Sakia, was that you? And she has soap in her eyes and she looks for her glasses and then she turns on the light and she opens the door and she sees some black figure run down the stairs. Because the staircase was right in front of the washroom and she saw something black go down the stairs. And she thought it was my cousin and me or something. And she's like, what, what, what? She's yelling as she's coming out of the washroom. The bathroom, sorry. Uh, Canadians say washroom. It's all right, I got it. Yeah, so I came out of my mom's room and my cousin Mira, like, what's going on? She's like, did you guys turn off the light? Was that you? I'm like, no. 
And she was just, she got mad. She thought we were lying. And she's like, no, we're like, no, we were together. We're playing. My sister was just annoyed and, and she just thought it was us. And then I remember me and my, and she was done showering and then she went to her room. But me and my cousin were still playing in my mom's room and we were watching TV. And there was this weird movie that was on the TV that I've never seen before. I don't recognize the actors. I don't recognize the movie. Maybe it is a real movie, but I've never seen it before. And so we're watching it. It looks like that scene in Scream where Drew Barrymore is in the kitchen and she's making popcorn or something, but it was not. It wasn't that. It was a movie that looked like that, but it was a gloomy, darker film. And so we're watching that. And all of a sudden, this face pops up on the screen. Pitch black, scary face. It's not part of the movie at all. It was like, the best way I can explain it is that it kind of looked like this. Right. It was all black, but it, was, it had this white stencil of the face that was rotting. And I'm hearing shrieks and screams coming out of the TV. And me and my cousin fell back and we're like, whoa. And we're screaming, screaming, trying to get up and trying to get out of the ring. And I felt this force on top of me and her. And she's like, I can't get up. I'm like, I can't either. We're trying to get up and we're screaming. And then my sister opens the door and all of a sudden this weight just left and we ran out of the room. Wow. Yeah. It was like a conjuring or something. Yeah. yeah. I wish... I could talk to James Wan and make a freaking movie about it because I never experienced that much terror in my life. And I've after watching The Conjuring, I'm like, this is so similar, you know? So yeah, this was definitely a very scary thing for my cousin to even experience because she even talks about it to this day. She's like, I don't ever want to go to Mississauga because of that. Right. So here you've got shadow people in the house, the black yes. that you're seeing. You've got... Entities making noises, moving objects in the house, like the curtain, move the curtain. And it's progressed to the stage where it's affecting digital items in your home. And spirits can easily manipulate digital items. That's not an issue for them at all. And plus, it's now gotten physical with you. So things have escalated. And, and how long did it take? for it to reach that point where it started to get physical what sort of time period was that from the beginning so maybe like a year in it was little terrors they're still terrifying but they were small things that were very scary right and then it started to affect our health my brother ended up having a fevereal seizure in that house my sister ended up developing a tumor in her hip in that house me and my sister ended up getting the swine flu in that house. And we started to see shadow people all around the walls and the house, around all these things all happening at once. It started to, a lot of us were fighting. My parents couldn't stop fighting. My mom was so angry. There was so much rage in her for no reason. My parents were fighting all the time. We were all fighting. It was just negativity. And I remember... We took a picture of this one place in Mississauga and we captured some weird thing that was like headless standing on top of a roof of a shed or something. And I don't have that picture anymore because I remember I, we had that picture and I showed my mom and she's like, what is that? And we're showing her that we started to get bruises since we took that picture. And my mom's like, delete that picture right now. 
So like things like that were happening. And once we deleted it, the bruises disappeared like automatically the next day they were gone. It was the health and the fighting and it started to, you know, those stages of possession, oppression, depression, the whatever the ones that the Warrens talk about. I was definitely, the whole family was definitely going through it. I, I don't know for sure if it was demonic or if it was an evil spirit, but it was definitely powerful to do all of these things. So I will say it was demonic. But speaking of demonic, like I mentioned before, we watched a lot of paranormal shows in that house. Right. And we watched a lot of paranormal state and a lot of horror movies. And I remember this movie, em uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose. And there's a scene where she's in a barn and she starts saying all these demon names. And me and my sister started naming them for fun, thinking it was like, let's be so scary and spooky and name it. We didn't, we didn't think it was like a real thing, but there was right. a lot of real to it. We're just naming it because we're, oh, it's a scary movie. We like scary things. Let's be edgy. Yeah. Um, and we ended up naming them. And all of a sudden, I feel like we triggered something in the house because whatever that thing is in the house heard what we were saying and saw what we were watching and definitely did more than what was happening even in the shows. Yeah. I wish the paranormal team came to our house. Right. And this, I was going to say, but you brought it up yourself about this entity influencing the behavior in your home, creating arguments and discord and things like that. That's a very common thing hauntings like this the entities feed off that negativity it creates it kind of is a catch-22 they feed off the negativity it creates more negativity and it just escalates yeah so did there ever come a point when your mum and dad said look something's actually going on here so what me and my sister ended up having to do was cause a ruckus in a scene we started crying and screaming and yelling and saying, we can't live here anymore. We ended up making this plan, stealing from the Walmart and saying, and getting caught and being arrested because we wanted to say that the people in our, like our friends and living here is like bad influence on us. Right. So we got caught at Walmart and we said, oh, this girl was with us and she told us to do it and stuff like that. My parents are like, oh, I think we should move back to Toronto. This place isn't a good place and we're fighting a lot. And then they started to notice we're fighting a lot in this house and money trouble and financial struggles. And they're let's just move back to the house that we have for rent in Toronto that we still have. Get the tenants out or we'll move there our ourselves. And so my mom was, yeah, let's, let's get out of here. And my dad was like, all right. So we ended up moving back to our house. I remember moving back but as we were leaving i think i meant uh, i'm not sure if you watched the tiktok but as we were moving out of the house my sister and my dad and my brother they left already to the house in toronto took most of the stuff in the truck right me and my mom had to take the rest of the stuff that was left in the garage and we were the last people leaving that house it was all empty and as we were leaving the garage light wouldn't turn off and my mom's like well we're still paying the bills we need to turn off the light I'm like, I don't care. Just leave the light on. Let's get out of here, right? You know, I'm still spooked. The The basement is right next to the garage entrance. I'm getting spooked. And she's looking at me. And all of a sudden, she's like, why don't we go to the basement and go to the switch panel? And she, 
I was like, where'd that come from? Huh? She wouldn't say that because she knows it's creepy. And I don't know what made her say that. And I'm like, what are you saying? Why'd you say that? And she's like, we should go in the basement. I'm like, why do we need to go in the basement? I'm looking at her, holding her shoulders. And we don't need to go in the basement. Let's just get out of here. And I try to switch the light off. So I'm flick, flicking the light on the switch and it's not doing anything. And then my mom's saying that. I'm nope. I grabbed her hand. I pulled her. And I said, we're going to the car. And all of a sudden, something changed. She's like, yeah, let's get out of here. It's as if something made her say that as we were leaving. And while I we're driving away, I look back and the garage light turns off. Yeah. It was like, I almost got them. Oh, that's scary. That's scary. Yeah. scary. yeah. And I was like, oh my God. I told my mom and she pushed on the gas and we drove out of there. And sleeping in my Toronto house was the best sleep I had in two years. Oh, I was a little on edge, but I slept next to my sister. There were mattresses on the floor. I was so at peace. I I felt like it was gone, like that scene in The Conjuring. I'm yeah, quoting yeah. it. But then, you know, she comes out and the bruises are gone. And she's like, oh, and the sun is out. That's how it felt. Wow. That was actually really clever of you girls to do that. I mean, obviously, you knew your parents weren't going to listen. And yeah. So you appealed to them in a way that you knew would create action. Yes. That's really scary. Have you had any, since leaving the home, have you had any paranormal experiences at all? Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, it's as if it just won't leave me alone in some cases. I guess it's because it runs in my family. My mom, she gets dreams of people getting sick or passing away. Right. So she's very sensitive to these things. I feel like I'm having the live version. She gets it in her sleep and I'm getting it in real time. Right. So any friend I had, they're like, oh, my house is haunted. I'm like, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. And so I had a friend and I, I don't want to talk about this too much because I've talked about it enough and it carries, I feel like it's bad omen and negativity to speak about it, but I will talk a little bit about it. My friend, he was a good friend of mine and I was in high school living in Toronto and that's the house that we moved and we were safe and everything's good in that house. But I remember being friends with him and I'm really into like paranormal since I, I lived in that house in Mississauga and I just love the paranormal after that. I just wanted to know more and know the truth and all these things. And I was, I love scary movies since right. I was a kid. And so he was just telling me like scary stories and stuff like that. And he's well, my grandpa or my uncle lived, lives in, used to live in my grandma's house right here. And he, my friend lives in his grandma's house with his grandma and his family. So he said that his grandpa, sorry, his uncle saw like smoke and black smoke and shadows in the ceiling and stuff like that. And I got a little scared because I was like, oh, I don't want to go through that and hang out with you if that's where you're sleeping, right. you know, and I don't want to be associated with that. And so he's like, it's fine. It's fine. Come over. We'll play guitar and jam. And so I went to his house and we we're playing guitar. And my friend was there too. She wears a hijab. So she was more religious than I was, but we went together to his house and we're both a little scared off her what he was telling us. And she believes in these things as well right. because it's in the Quran and in our religion and culture. And so we went there and I remember praying because I wanted to bless us in this house. 
And as I'm sitting in the room playing guitar, I start to, I stop playing guitar and I started to say a prayer. And as I'm saying the prayer, I heard like thunderous sounds coming from the ceiling. And we're in the room where his uncle was, where he saw these, the black figures and smoke and all this. And so I got a little scared. I would look to my friend. I'm like, I want to get out of here. I don't want to be. He's like, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Don't be scared. And I was just wondering why he's so chill about it. And I, I just blessed him in the house. And I ended up leaving maybe like 30 minutes later because I didn't feel right. And me and my friend left. And I just felt like something was following us as we were leaving. It was dark out and we left. And just something felt uneasy, like something. I triggered something after I said that prayer. And that next day, my friend, the one that lives in his grandma's house, changed. He started talking different, acting different, pretty much acting as if he was like possessed. And it was just things that I can't explain that he would text us backwards in Arabic. He would call me a whore in my language. He would laugh and mock the Quran and things like that. It was like very scary. And he wasn't doing it on purpose and nor was he on drugs or anything. I ended up finding later that he was doing satanic rituals and trying to sell his soul and things like that and trying to get famous because he played guitar and he wanted to be this like rock star. And I was like, oh my God. And I I was like, I, I can't be friends with him anymore. There was so many dark, scary things that I can't even talk about because I don't want to talk about it. But right. Because the last time I spoke about it in this room, this cabinet here opened. Oh, right. Like randomly. So I'm not going to talk about it. But there's videos on TikTok where I explain everything and I film outside because I don't want to talk about it. Where I, I do have a question about yeah. that first experience you had with him. Did they hear the noises that you were hearing? Yes. Yes. He looked at me and he's, I've never heard that before being here. I've never heard that. My friend looked at me and she said, I didn't hear that. I've never heard that before, like in a house. It was not a washroom. We were on the second floor. So no one was upstairs. And he even told me like, he was very like sadistic. He'd be like, oh, Sonia, can you go turn off that light there or turn on that light in that dark room? And I didn't know the house was haunted or anything beforehand. So I'm turning it on. And he's like, oh, my aunt died in that room. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't be friends with someone like that. You know, so yeah. feels to me like the whole time. He enjoyed that I was scared. Yeah. And he's been influenced by his family. Yeah. Oh, that's really scary. Going back to your home. Obviously, the people who had the home before you, this priest, I don't know what religion he was, but obviously they had issues in the home as well. I'm assuming so because there was crucifixes everywhere, but they never said anything to us. Like when I first saw them, when we were just looking at the house, they're just like chilling and being a normal family in the backyard. But I'm assuming the crucifixes helped put those things away. Or keep them at bay. But we had religious things up too. But I'm assuming that whatever this was, was more used to a Catholic thing. And the guy was a Catholic priest. So it was, I, I think the priest had something to do with it. I don't even think I triggered anything, to be honest. But maybe I woke it up or something. I don't yeah. know. Well, it's likely because you are sensitive to spirit. And it does run in your family. Your mum has abilities. You have abilities. Yeah. Even though you deny it. I don't want this gift. I really don't. Here's a question. How do you reconcile your cultural background 
with the paranormal experiences you've had? Like, mm-hmm. did your cultural beliefs play a role in how you perceived and dealt with the event? Yeah, I, there's this one prayer called Aitul Korsi, which is in the Quran, which is to call on angels to help come and protect you. They say, read this anytime you feel fear or scared or before bed. So you have an angel watching you before, while you sleep. And so that was my go-to. And I would say that a lot. There was a lot of Islamic prayers that I was reading as I was dealing with these things. And that was the only way we could deal with it. My mom would read the Quran or she would bless the house. I started to use sage around the house. A friend of mine gave me sage and I started to bless the house with that just for negative energy. And just taking on other practices that help bring positive energy and right. uh, repel negative energy into a house and yourself. A lot of uh, Islamic things were definitely helping me a lot. I, I, I have friends that are like Muslim that are not religious. And I'm not crazy religious, but I have a strong spiritual connection with that religion because it helped me so much in the paranormal and the darkness that I dealt with and faced. Right. So... I have cousins who are like, I'm kind of agnostic. And I'm like, I know God is real because I needed his help with these things. So I definitely believe he's real and he helped me a lot with these things that I had to go through and face. So I always say that I do believe in God and I do pray to my to one-on-one. Maybe not as much as I should be, but I like to believe that I have a connection with him just to help protect me and, and my family and my house and wherever I am. Right. Good for you. And did your mum or your dad ever finally acknowledge what happened in that house? After moving out, my mom sat me down. I remember we were talking about the house in, in Mississauga as in another house. And she's like, you know what? The house had a lot of negativity. I didn't realize it until later. My brother would look at the ceiling and she said the door would slam and I never chalked it up as anything paranormal. I just thought it was just things happening or the wind or whatever. But yeah, so she started to look back and I feel like even myself, I looked back and I was, oh my God, that's not normal. Only realizing later is how I realized how bad the house was haunted. I never experienced anything like that before. So I just thought that was normal, you know, right. oh, door slamming or lights flickering. But it just was coincidentally around scary times and terrifying situations. So it, that wasn't normal because I would go to friends' houses or cousins' houses and everything was fine. But when I went home, it was this dark, heavy ceiling whenever you came into the house. Right. See, now yeah. you, you were sensitive to the energy, so you felt the energy difference in the house. Yeah, 100%. My sister's like, I don't feel anything. And I was, you don't feel it. You don't smell this. You don't, you know, there was, I just felt so depressed. Every time we had Mississauga or entered the house, I was like, oh, I just felt something was weighing on me when I went. Even when I go to Mississauga now, I don't even want to go there. Sometimes there'll be a restaurant. My family wants to go there, sure. But I... All of a sudden, I'll see the sign. It'll say, welcome to Mississauga. And I'm just, and I know so many people that have lived in Mississauga or live in Mississauga or know so many scary paranormal things that happen in Mississauga. And I do 100% believe because of the background, the history of Mississauga, there's a lot of paranormal activity there. I I would agree with that. I get the feeling that uh, 
uh, it's a land that needs a lot of healing. Yes. And yeah. it, you brought something out. You mentioned smell. So did you experience odd smells in the house as well? I remember my room smelling like rotten, something rotting. And only later, I'm going to mention the conjuring a lot, <laughs> but I remember the mom saying it smells like rotten meat, rotten flesh, and the saying it was a sign of a demonic haunting. And I was like, oh, that's fun. But a lot of things that smell, like I would smell something bad or very strong smell of a perfume even, or a strong smell of some food, not food, but like a herb or Something like sulfur, even I would smell sulfur, especially near the laundry room and basement area. I would smell sulfur, and we all know what that is, right? <laughs> things like that were happening, and I was smelling these things and feeling these things. I remember, you know, the show. I don't know if you know the show Paranormal State. It was on A and E. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, back in the day, <laughs> and yeah, I ended up becoming friends with the cast, and I ended up going to some ghost hunting trips, adventures with them in Toronto. And I remember my first time meeting Ryan Buell. I wanted to talk to him so bad because I related to him. He told me stories that he went through as a kid in a haunted house right. and everything that he went through, I went through. And I ended up getting to speak to him and telling him my experiences. And he's like, oh my God, we went through the same things. And he signed my book that I had of his. And he was just very sweet and kind and understanding. And I remember during one of the, he had a presentation like on a projection right. and he was telling like the signs of an ex, uh, a haunting or a exorcism or things like that. And he was saying things like, and me and my sister didn't really know much um, about um, the signs of a haunting. We just really, really liked the paranormal and horror movies and things. But this is when things got really real. Ryan started to say in the presentation that signs of a haunting can be bunch of people talking and you don't know what they're saying mm. and me and my sister looked at each other in the crowd and we're like that's what happened at that house and then he said shadow figures and we looked at each other again what and then he started to say things like door slamming and everything that i went through i'm like oh my god we lived in a haunted house he kind of confirmed it for me after seeing that presentation i literally here i go again with the conjuring but i was like the mom sitting in the audience when Ed and Lorraine were talking about signs right. of a Halloween. And I was yeah. like speaking to Ed and Lorraine after the presentation. I'm like, look, you got to come to my house. Something's going on, you know? That was right. how it was. It literally, my life has been that movie or a movie. And oh my God, is it was so scary. I, to this day, even talking about it, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm like looking around in my... I did not. Um, I just, I did not. Yeah. I can see that it still affected you. Do you feel that perhaps some of the energies that were in that home had followed you? That is a good question. I like to think not, <laughs> but I think the one that was in that house, no. But I think there's a lot out there that just, as I am susceptible and sensitive to these things, they just hang out with me. Yeah, I try to keep myself, I try to think of a light around me. I like to believe that I have this light around me that kind of blocks anything coming towards me that is negative. I don't want to hear, see, feel anything. So I try not to let that 
come to me, even though it just happens. But yeah, even with this TikTok thing, I did not want to be known on TikTok for my paranormal experiences and anything to do with scary, demonic stuff. I really didn't. But then a video of mine went viral. And then everyone's, do you have more scary stories? And I was like, okay, fine. And then it just snowballed and I have this following and I'm like, great, it just won't leave me. I wanted to be known for my makeup and singing and playing guitar. (laughs) It's like the paranormal and me are like this. It just won't go away. I'm just meant to be someone that has to accept my gift or accept that my life is very much surrounded around paranormal. Absolutely correct. And that's one of the reasons why I call my show Walking the Shadowlands because I walk with one foot in that reality and one foot in this reality. And it's the same for you. And you can try and get away from it, but because of the abilities that you obviously have, you're going to deal with this in different ways your entire life. But that's not a bad thing. That's actually not a bad thing because although you had negative experiences, what did you learn? What strengths did you gain from that experience? that's helped you. I learned to manage my fear. I learned that, I I mentioned in a video, but a priest said, never show fear around these things. And all the things that they do are parlor tricks to get you to be scared. So I always say, leave me alone. Or if I hear something in my house where I can't, I don't know what it is. And I'm hearing like a whisper or something. It could be even the TV sound bouncing upstairs and coming off into the wall. But it sounds like someone's whispering in the room. I will literally say, get out of here. This is not your house. Please leave. I am not afraid of you. Get out. And I will say that. I am very vocal about anything that is, if I'm scared, I'm going to say, leave me alone don't talk to me, get out of here. And I will stand and assert assert my dominance and tell them straight up, I don't want to hear, I don't want to see it, I don't want to feel it. And so I learned to be very strong early on, especially with my friend that was possessed. I'm looking him dead in the eyes and he's looking at me and smirking and laughing and I'm looking at him and saying, I'm not afraid of you. Leave my friend and get out of my friend and leave him alone. And I remember saying that and it just, you know, I just had... It was very scary. And I'm not going to say I wasn't scared. It was terrifying. I was shaking in class and he's looking at me and laughing. And my friend threw up and ran into the washroom because she was so scared. And we came to school feeling like throwing up because of how scared we were. But I just remember facing him and just hold, putting my guard and being strong and saying, I have God and light and happy and positive energy around me. And so I just try to keep that with me at all times. People always ask me, you're into the paranormal and you're so silly and goofy. And I'm like, if I'm serious, these things are going to come towards me even more. I need to be happy-go-lucky person or I can't. If I'm serious, I'm going to be depressed. You know what I mean? I just try to have a positive mindset, positive outlook on life. And just see, imagining the light around you at all times. Yes. So you learned actually, even as scary as that experience was, Look at the things you've learned. And one thing I've noticed talking to you is that you know how to set boundaries. And that's really important. And that's something that I talk to. That's something that comes up in my Facebook group. My podcast started from my Facebook group. Yeah. My members asked me if I would start this podcast. 
And I always say to them that boundaries are so important and you have learned to set really firm boundaries. And the other thing I tell people, and usually this, is that these beings, these entities, only have as much power as you allow them to have. 100%. And I can see that's a lesson you also learnt from your experience. So really, even though you went through this very scary experience at a young age, the things that you've learned from it are invaluable lessons that are going to help you throughout your entire life. Yeah. I agree with everything that you're saying. Definitely this experience and these experiences made me who I am. I I guess if these things didn't happen to me, I'd be more fearful about these things. But I feel like I guess it just had to happen to make me stronger to accept my gift, you know? Correct. I 100% agree with that. That's absolutely correct. Have you found that in sharing your experiences that you're actually helping people who may be going through similar? I noticed that since I've been on TikTok, people are asking me for advice. Like I'm this paranormal investigator or this paranormal pro. And I didn't think I'd be in the same lane as Ed and Lorraine Warren or Ryan Buell or the guy from Ghost Adventures or any of these people. I didn't think I'd be there, but I ended up being there. And people are asking me for advice. Oh, what do I do about this? I'm hearing this. What do I do about that? And so it's, I do feel like I can help people, but also tell them to be respectful because they are on the same plane and earth as us, but they're just in a different dimension. And so I always say, don't provoke, don't disrespect, and just let them be. Don't search for it. I see a lot of people, oh, I wish I had an experience or I wish I could see. I'm like, I don't think you want to. It's not fun. There were only a a couple of other things that I was going to ask you. One, not so much about your haunting, but because I've never spoken to anybody from your culture before, I have some questions about the gin. Yes, gins, yes. I know gins like dimensional beings rather than ghosts or spirits. They are, the best way I can explain it is that they're like inhuman spirits. They can be demons, they can be spirits, and they can be evil spirits. But most of, they're mostly known as demons. They are good and bad. They're like people. So gins are like people and they're living on this earth as well as we are, but we just can't see them. They are good gins and bad gins, just like any person would be, but they're obviously powerful. So would you put them in the same class as, say, the same or fairy folk, or are they a different sort of being? They're more towards demonic, the scary stuff. They do a lot of scary things from the stories I hear back home about gins. So gins can be like the woman in white. Right. The woman in white, the story, she's on the highway, she's wearing white, she's like, take me home. And you take her home, she disappears. That's like the American Western version of it. And then there is the one called the Chirail, which is a woman all beautiful, looks so beautiful, but her feet are backwards. Or she has hooves for feet. That is a form of a jinn. A jinn is like the umbrella term for anything that falls under it. So woman in white or Chirail, which is like evil 
demonic witch. That's the translation of the right. witchery. It's not really a witch, but it's like an evil hag that wants to kill men. I don't know how to explain it without, you know what I mean? But it's like a demonic figure. I saw your TikTok when you were responding to somebody about using the term witch. I thought that was a very good explanation that you gave, that which was the closest terminology that, that yeah. you could use, closest translation, but it wasn't actually like a pagan or a, a Wiccan person as such. Yeah. The best way I can explain a Jareel is a non-human witch. So all the witches that comment on my TikToks, I have no problem with them. They're not evil, like in the ways I'm talking about. They're not like that at all. Like they're good. I have no problem with them. We're not talking about them. I am talking about the loose translation, which is Jurel in Punjabi. My mom always said Jurel is the translation of the word witch, but she means it as like demonic woman. Right. right. Yeah. I personally have a little bit of a different opinion to me demonic always has religious connotations yes yes i don't actually believe in demons as such i know that there are extra dimensional beings which most would probably regard as demonic because the energies are so vastly different to ours and like with your gin some are good some aren't I believe they're probably the same thing, actually. I think so, too. Yeah. I do think so, too. It's very interesting knowing a lot about or researching it. I used to research it a lot, but it started to get to me mentally because I think you have to be very mentally strong to be in this world and in this game and in this field, especially researching and demonology and paranormal activity and Things like that. I just stopped getting into it. I don't even. It's funny because I'm into the paranormal on TikTok. Everyone thinks I'm like this paranormal pro, but it's what I grew up with and what I researched in the past. I don't research it anymore. I don't look it up anymore. I'm not that person anymore. But all this knowledge in my head that I obsessed over and absorbed in my life, I have it and I just shared it on TikTok. And so. I'll watch TikToks of paranormal stuff or scary things like that. So that's fine. But I don't research it anymore because I'm not obsessed with the field as much. And I don't want to be a demonologist. But it's like misspent youth of learning all these things. Well, really, it was a way for you to come to terms with your experiences. Really, what it was. Yeah. In order for you to deal with it and to put it behind you. You needed to find out what you were dealing with. So I see that as a natural outcome of what you experienced because you're a fighter and it's in your nature to have knowledge so you can deal with things. That's true. That's what I feel. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. I mean, I always like to research things, especially if I don't understand them regardless if it's paranormal or medical or something. But yeah, I I definitely did do a lot of research because I wanted to understand and know what I faced and what I dealt with and just better understanding how I can deal with it if I ever dealt with it again. But I'm very cautious of where I go now. If I'm going to someone's house and they say it's haunted, I'm out of there. I don't, I always wanted to know what your, what people's thoughts are on Ouija boards and what do you think of that? I don't 
It's like leaving your front door open and letting anybody come in. Yeah, that's the best way to explain it. Yeah. I don't encourage the use of that. I actually did a podcast episode on it where I talked about a family that I was helping who had been playing with the Ouija board, had brought through a number of entities and actually broke up their family. Yeah, it's not a game. You don't know what you're dealing with. And even if they say that this particular person you're wanting to contact, you don't know because there's so many imposters out there and they have access to your knowledge. they, They can tell you whatever you want to hear. I do not encourage people to use Ouija boards. 100% me neither. But the thing is, you can say the same thing about doing EVPs. Is anybody here? Does anybody want to talk to me? It's the same thing. And if you are going to do it, then at least make sure you're protected. Make sure you've got grounding. Make sure you close. Make sure you do everything to protect yourself that you ask that only the purest beings from the highest realm come to you otherwise you're just going to get anybody and even even then you should question 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 who's there who they are yeah i remember when i was about 13 probably and i was just really developing my abilities i did play with the Ouija board once, but it was one we made, just the letters of the alphabet on pieces of paper with a glass in the middle. And my brothers and sisters were trying to use it. It wouldn't work for them. It wouldn't work until I came in the room because I'm a medium. And then it targeted me, being a young, very naive 13-year-old person. um, It told me it was this Chinese guy who died from smallpox and he was lonely and he wanted me to join him. Oh, oh, he wanted a friend. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, I've actually never shared that story on air before. But, like, uh, all the while he was, I was feeling sorry for this person who had died, who I thought had died, who I thought was this young chap who was alone and yeah. all this. My mum came in the room just as he, he'd finished spelling that out and she went to grab the glass and it shot off the ball and hit against the window, uh, against the wall and broke. Oh and, my gosh. and that was it for the Ouija board in the home. I wouldn't it ever allow it in the home again. And it took me a long time to get rid of the energy of that entity around me. I did, ultimately. But yes, I don't encourage people to use it. Oh, yeah. I mean, whew. That is scary because there's always, you see those paranormal shows at these stories that like, oh, there's a girl named Sally that's in this house. Little girl. I don't believe that one bit. No, I don't believe that. Or this little boy, Tom, you went missing. No, 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 no. I don't believe. And they're like, he's looking for a friend. No, he's looking for your soul. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I get people in my group who come in from time to time. I've I've had my group going for five or six years now. And every so often I'll get people coming, talking about the children they have in their home. And I always go, no, that is not a child you have in your heart. That is an imposter. Yeah. Pretending to be a child because you're a mother and you'll feel drawn to them and you'll feel sorry for them. And you want to to, like let them in, allow them in. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's the thing. There's, so many imposters out there, you have to be 
absolutely careful about who you let in. And, and I can see that your experience of even two years, that's a long time for a young child to be living in fear, to be traumatized, to be too scared to even go into your own home. That's a long time for you to have dealt with that. But the fighter that it's turned you into this incredibly strong woman who knows what you want, who knows what you won't accept, and who has learned to deal with these things. So that's the positive. Yeah, well, the thing is, I only believe that sometimes we are put into situations for our learning. And even if it's like scary and traumatizing like it was for you, you obviously wouldn't choose to go through that voluntarily, but we're not always given a choice on how our life lessons are presented to us. Or we come into this life with a sort of overview of the lessons we want to learn, but we have no choice over how they're presented. So this was a huge learning for you, and look how it's helped you in your life, actually. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's helped me get to where I am now. It definitely even helped me, this knowledge. I don't take it for, I appreciate it. I don't take it for granted. I, I, these experiences made me who I am and also it's helped me and benefited me with the TikTok stuff. I'm being invited to these cool places and just things that are happening. It's like it all was meant to be and get to where I am now because my dream was to make content and be known for that. And so it's kind of interesting how as scary as it was, it's also helped me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's a good attitude, actually, that you have. Instead of continuing with the fear you had as a child, you worked through it and now you're at the other side and you're using it. And so learning to other people. Yeah. Awesome. Obviously, you've got no plans to further investigate that place or that haunt, eh? Oh, no. I just, I wonder how it's been for anybody else who's moved into that home. That's the hard thing, isn't it? I personally feel it was more than land in the home, as you said before. Mm -hmm. I personally feel it's a land thing rather than a home thing. And yeah, I can pretty much guarantee that other houses around you were having similar experiences, for sure. What's very interesting about your question is that you know how I moved out two years? We stayed there for two years. We left the house. The house didn't even sell. We just left it. The, the real estate agent took care of it. She like set it up and everything. And then we just left it to her to sell. We just abandoned it and just left and moved out. Right. Once the house sold, a family lived there for two years. And then they moved out. Just saying. And then it sold again. And it's another family stayed for two years and then they moved out. So it's been happening. I've noticed, like I looked at the soul's history of the house and literally every two years it goes on sale and it gets bought. And then two years it gets sold and two years it gets bought. Wow. That's very interesting. That's actually very sad too. Feel sorry for the families that are moving into that situation. And frankly... Um, from my own personal experience, I do not believe that cleaning the house would make any difference because it's the land that's the issue. Yeah, that, that was the tricky part because as much as we blessed the house, it would just keep coming back. Yeah. And so I knew then that 
we can't do anything. We need to get out of here. Yeah. Now, looking ahead and finally, what are your future plans and aspirations? And do you think that your past experiences continue to influence your life as you move ahead? Moving forward, I definitely, with my experiences and everything, if I get invited to investigate someplace, if I am offered an experience or something where I, I ghost hunt through talk or something, I, I would take the chance and do it, but I don't know if I want to. It would be cool, but knowing, even though I'm strong, do I want to do that? You know, yeah. do I walk that door? Do I want to put myself in a position where it can follow me? Because I am very susceptible and at least things can latch on you and things like that. Yeah, I definitely am still uh, wary of what I'm doing and moving forward. Buying a house. If I buy a house, I 100% have to talk to the real estate agent. I have to talk to the owners. I need to know what's going on before I even purchase a house. That's something I'm going to keep in mind for the future. But what I appreciate now, I don't know if you know if they do this where you are, but now on houses on the boards, it says not haunted. What's this haunt? Yeah. And no, you, can, you can sue the owner of the house that sold it to you because it was haunted. Things like that. And that's fair call. That's fair call. I believe that you should know what you're going into. We don't have that here in New Zealand. I've never seen that, but yeah, absolutely. Because people have, it's, it's informed consent, really is what it is. You need to know yeah. what you're going into. Yeah, and before we bought the house that I'm in, before we bought the house that I'm in, we went to see another house before this one. And I remember it was just a very odd feeling and all of us were feeling a little weirder. And I remember we really liked the house, but I also felt really weird about it. Like it was nice, but I didn't, something was wrong. I was immediately, I was like, this is haunted. Right. And then... When we left, the real estate agent with her partner, she talked to him and she said, don't let this family buy this house. Something's not right. She's like, don't let this family buy this house. Wow. Yeah. And I love that the paranormal is now going into the real world, so to speak, and going into the real estate world and field. Very interesting. It's definitely more mainstream now than more. Well, more spoken about than it ever used to be. I know when I was a child that it was taboo. Yeah, yeah. Like mental health. Yeah, yeah, like mental health. Yeah, exactly. And fortunately, things are changing because it's just a part of our reality. It's just part and parcel. People, particularly in the Western world, have so sanitized things like death and yeah. di- dying and Stuff like that. We're very desensitized to these things. And I just hope more people are more aware and open to knowing that there are other things than us that are here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Sonia. It's been really awesome listening to your experiences and seeing your journey and how far you've come from that little scared 11-year-old girl. I really appreciate your time. Would you like to share your social media where people if they want to follow you can check you out yeah you guys can follow me on instagram at sonia lee or tiktok at sonia.lee or subscribe to my youtube channel and let me know what you'd like to see on there i'd love to make some more spooky videos for you guys and that is also under the name sonia lee so that'll all be in my bio on my tiktok page or my instagram link tree So check it out.
And there'll also be links from this episode's podcast, www.walkintheshadowlands.com. So you can check all those links out for Sonia on my website. I've really appreciated talking to you. It's wonderful to be talking to people again. Appreciate it immensely. Thank you so much. Also, thanks for having me. As we reach the end of this chilling episode, we've witnessed a family's journey from excitement to terror in the walls of their new home. The Mississauga home, once a place of dreams, became a nightmarish realm of unexplained whispers and ghostly encounters. Their courage and resilience were put to the ultimate test as they faced the unknown. But what awaits the new owners of this home? The secrets of the supernatural still linger in the air leaving questions unanswered. The world of the paranormal holds many mysteries and it's up to us to explore its shadowlands and dark corners. We hope this tale has sent shivers down your spine and ignited a curiosity for the unexplained. I'd like to thank Sonia and you for joining us on this airy journey into the Mississauga Poltergeist. Stay tuned for more captivating stories and enigmatic encounters on our podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Marianne, bidding you farewell from the Shadowlands. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share it with friends. Also, follow us on all the social media platforms so you don't miss out on an episode. Check out our Facebook page, WT Shadowlands our Instagram feed, Walking the Shadowlands, and our Twitter feed, at Shadowlands10, TikTok under Walking the Shadowlands. Like and follow for teasers of our upcoming episodes. This podcast is available on all free podcasting platforms. Just look for Walking the Shadowlands. Also, if you have Alexa, simply say these four words, open Walking the Shadowlands, and Alexa will play our latest episode for you. If you don't have a smartphone, don't worry. You can listen to the episodes from the podcast website www.walkingtheshadowlands.com For those hearing impaired, there's a full written transcript of each episode on the website so you don't miss out at all. Thanks for listening to this episode. Ka kite.